Welcome, welcome, welcome to Hoops Zooted. I'm your host, Evan Moore, and I'm doing better this week. You know, all the all of you that were listening last week know that I got in an accident. You know, I've got a much better looking splint, thankfully, that, you know, is much more comfortable than that big club fist that I was having to wear last week. So that's nice and, you know, feeling much better. Um, unfortunately, my sternum's still a little bit bruised. So today, you know, and coughing and sneezing are my mortal enemies at this point. So today, <laughs> I'm on edibles again today. So I'm about 80 milligrams deep, and they are just about starting to kick in. So, um, and we're doing gummies again tonight. So anyway, um, let me bring Colin up here. Oh, God. Here we go with the hand, with me moving a little slow now. Give me... Be patient with me. Okay, here we go. Colin, how you doing? Hey, Colin? how's it going, Evan? Doing good, man. It's good glad to see to, you. You too, man. Glad to hear you're uh, glad to see you upgraded your, your cast situation uh, back to normal human status. Uh, <laughs> and glad that you're on another 80 milligrams. That's uh, <laughs> another hero dose of edibles. Love to see it. Um, so when, well, how, about how, like, What's the on? I don't take edibles that often. What's like the mm -hmm. onslaught time look like? Like how early? How much time before like the episode or before you want it to kick in? Would you take it? About forty-five minutes to an hour. Nice. nice. And um, for me, that's that's my like perfect little pocket. Like you know, twenty to forty. Like you know, it's a nice little buzz for me. Like you know, but like eighty to hundred is this perfect little pocket of you know this comfortable high that I, that I like. And it like, it's funny. Like if I go to about 110, 120, it's like lights out. I'm going to go to sleep. Totally, <laughs> totally. But there's, there's a perfect little pocket right there that I like about 80 to hundred. Nice. So, so anyway, um, you know, we're just about to start the season and, you know, we first game of the season, we got the nuggets. So we have a guest this week and who's a nuggets fan. So let's bring him out to the stage and say hi. How you doing, Van? I'm doing well, doing well. Hey, how's it going, Van? Beautiful fall here in Colorado. We've uh, we've had spectacular weather, still have it, uh, you know, into the third week of October, which is great. Uh, you know, and, and it's like, you know, harvest and, uh, and basketball always happen at about the same time every year, so... It's, you yes. know, it's, it's, uh, it's Croptober, uh, and it's basketball every year. It's amazing how it happens that way. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty excited, you know, definitely the first year that as a Nuggets fan, I've ever been able to, to, to go into the season as, as the champions. So, yes. you know, that's yeah. definitely a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to the season, um, you know, I can't remember the last time a team uh, has been able to, you know, return all five starters for a season. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the vibes are as, you know, stay as immaculate as they seem to be right now. So. Well, awesome, man. It is it is great to have you, you know. Um, and, you know, so we're, we're going to go ahead and get right into it, you know, like, you um, we still, as Lakers fans, don't know 
who our you know fifth guy is. We have we all have a pretty good idea who we think that fifth guy is, but no, Darvin Ham is like you know holding us all in suspense, I guess, and like not naming who the fifth guy is, you know, because we got D'Lo, we got Reeves, we got um AD, and we got Braun, but you know the mystery fifth guy we still don't know. But you know, um, at the beginning of preseason, I was leaning towards Vando, um, but at this point. I'm really leaning more towards Prince at this point. Really? Because, Prince. Yeah, because the the way the offense has been working with him, it's like just flawless and fluid, and the spacing just seems to kind of like naturally work out with just the way they play their games. So offensively, why, why do you, why do you think better. they've gone away from Rui? Well, I think we did that because – Rui like basically became an understudy to Braun this summer. So he's going to be the sixth man coming off the bench and, you know, probably directly replacing Braun most, most of the time, because we need his scoring punch off the bench. Gotcha. And he is also defensively between the three of them, between Prince Vando and him, he would be, you know, the lowest tier defensively. So it makes sense to play either Vando or um, Prince in the starting lineup just because they're a little bit better defensively. You know, now Vando is, of course, the better defender of the three, but because he doesn't pro provide that same fluid offense, you know, and also, you know, we've got the issue with his heel, you know, that that could just, you know, what ultimately also decides it. But, you know, the way that offense has been looking with Torian Prince, I'm really excited about it. And, okay. you know, you guys, you guys already have your your – five set, you know, and you, you probably feel pretty good about it this year. What do you think about um, your bench and losing Bruce Brown though? I'm curious. Well, I mean, Bruce was a solid, you know, guy. I think he was like 10 to 12 points a game, you know, maybe four rebounds, two, three assists during the regular season. So, you know, he was real. Um, I think, uh, you know, basically with the nuggets you get the question you got to ask is can christian brown step into the bruce brown minutes and and give you what bruce uh gave you or anything more i think the answer to that question is yes um i think that as a rookie he played really really well he's one of the first rookies to actually play in a finals in a really long time and you know um, he's got that championship prep pedigree, you know, coming from Kansas and a championship team there and his high school team, you know, won the state championship. So he's got that, you know, that winning attitude. So I think you've got him as the sixth man, uh, walking into that Brown, you know, position. And then the question is, is, you know, between, you know, Reggie Jackson, Peyton Watts and Hunter Tyson and Julius Strauher. You know, can you fill out, you know, that that uh, that seven, you know, seven or eight person, eight man, you know, rotation. And I think, you know, we'll see the same thing. I think we saw last year where the Nuggets are going to run, you know, nine, nine man rotations, eight man rotations all season and be looking for that, you know, that seven man rotation to, to actually play the playoffs with. So. One uh, one question I have for you, Van. I'm curious, did you see, uh, I was either this week or maybe end of tail end of last week, but I saw that uh, the Nuggets GM, I believe his name is what, Calvin, <laughs> Calvin Booth or something, 
He yeah. got like kind of he kind of got like on bait and switched by Kevin O'Connor from the ringer, where I guess it was a situation where Calvin Booth thought they were off the record and O'Connor thought they were on the record. And so long story short, uh, Booth basically said that like he thought Bruce, you know, going off of Evan's question about Bruce Brown, the Calvin Booth was saying he thought Bruce Brown was replaceable with this kid, Peyton Watson, who who Van just mentioned. So I'm just curious to hear your thoughts about that. And if you think Peyton Watson can can replace Bruce Brown, but it sounds like you more kind of have Christian Braun stepping in that role. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that it's clear that, you know, either you look at Bruce Brown as our six starters or six man. And I think that's the role that that most Nuggets fans expect, you know, Christian Brown to, to slide into. And if that's the case, I, I'm very comfortable with it. I, I, the kid slash as well. He does the thing that things that Bruce Brown does well. He plays good defense, aggressive, you know, hustle defense. And I think that it, you know, I think he's just chopping at the bit for the opportunity. Um, if Peyton Watson truly had to replace Bruce Brown. I'd be much more worried, but if all I'm expecting is one of those four guys to show up by the playoffs and be that seventh guy, um, you know, I'm comfortable with that. The other thing is, is that the way that, uh, you know, Calvin Booth, you know, set us up with all those, the kind of maybe not stars, but, you know, play, you know, NBA ready, you know, can dribble the ball, you know, do a play, be in the right spots and zones for the defense. We're in a good spot when the trade deadline comes around too, to try to make like an Aaron Gordon type of move um, at the tread deadline with the, the contracts we have. So we're not stuck with this lineup, I don't think, you know, going into the playoffs either. I think we might see some more movement. But I think, you know, those four guys, you know, Reggie Jackson, he might be reborn. Uh, Peyton Watson, you know, he he's he's shown the ability to protect the rim, you know, better than I I want to say anybody for 15 years with the Nuggets. Um, you know, maybe McDice, Antonio McDice, you know, back in the day, you know, something like that. Um, Hunter Tyson, I don't know if he's gonna make it. He's slower than Christmas. That guy, he just <laughs> he just he's just so damn slow. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be able to make it. I mean, he's a smart player. He's got a lot of brains, um, you know, so that always helps when you're slow to know where you're going with the ball. Um, and then, you know, Julian Strauer is just like a pure freaking shooter. That kid, you know, he, uh, you know, he just, he drops, he can drop the ball from anywhere. He seems to have no, no limitations on his range. Um, so, and it seems like, you know, Joker already likes the guys. So that's always a good sign for the young ones. So when you can, uh, when you can crack into uh Joker's personality, you don't, you've done something right for sure. You know, I gotta tell you, I mean, I think that a lot of that you guys remember that comedian from back in the eighties and nineties, Stephen Wright. Oh yes. You know? Yes. Okay. Just think of Joker as a Serbian Stephen Wright. <laughs> Try to find the joke in literally everything that comes out of his mouth. And then you get him. Because I think that the thing is, is that he's he loves putting on the media to the point where, you know, I think he enjoys just, you know, kind of a Stephen Wright, dry humor, 
Oh, yeah. American values, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it just, you know, it's, it, I think the guy is actually hilarious. I mean, you know, it's just like, I, I don't know. It's pretty funny. You know, yeah, I would, I would agree. We had 700,000 people out for our parade. I think we set a record, though. We only caused $28,000 in damages. So, <laughs> Congrats. Congrats on that. Oh, uh, yeah, Evan and I had the discussion on, uh, on was it last week's episode about Joker? It was either last week or the episode before yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was a couple weeks ago, but yeah. We kind of had the discussion of just like, you know, obviously no question about the guy's talent. He was 100%. I thought he should have been the MVP last year. He was the best player in the world last year. Uh, but we just had the conversation about, like, does this guy really love – is he, like, obsessed with basketball like some of these other guys are? Um, and so, you know, I don't I think we ultimately both thought that, you know, maybe not to the level like a Kobe Bryant was, but at the same time, like, if he can get the job done doing it the way he's doing it, you know. Yeah. You I know, gotta, I don't, I gotta, I, he won a championship, so I got to respect I, that. Like, I don't think this story hit the national press at all. Um, I know that, you know, it was talked about a lot in Denver, but, uh, you know, there's a, a number of European coaches that, you know, run seminars same way our coaches do and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I guess one of the coaches actually brought up uh, that, uh, you know, the, the Joker had called him about his seminar tape and had said, oh, I saw your tape and, you know, what do you think of this? Or I might incorporate that. And, you know, we're just talking technical basketball based on this European coach's, you know, seminar tape. And uh, then one of our local guys brought it up at a press conference and was like, hey, you know, um, you know, the, we heard about this. You know, what do you think? And, and Joker made a comment to the effect that you have to be a fanatic in order to actually be incredible at basketball. You know, and that you got to pay attention to things and, you know, mm -hmm. calling those coaches and talking about, you know, different approaches and, you know, actions and, you know, different ways to run different actions. You know, that's how, you know, the game of basketball pro progresses. And then the other thing is, is that a lot of times you'll hear Joker talk about the basketball guys and that he wants to play basketball to serve what he believes the basketball gods would believe is 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 fantastic basketball you know so when you look at that type of you know talk you know it, it gives you a little bit of a different perspective in terms of who joker is and maybe you know the approach to the game and like i said i think i think think steven serving steven wright as a basketball player he's got the driest sense of humor in the world he's completely you know putting on the press um, you know, the higher up the press, I don't know if you've ever watched him interact with, uh, with, with Shaq, but I mean, those interactions are, are, are hilarious. I mean, you know, Shaq will try to say something in Serbian and, you know, Joker's just like, no, you know, <laughs> you know you're an idiot. No, you know, or, you know, asking, you know, the, you know, Shaq, how many triple doubles you got in the finals. You know, yeah, there's, there, you know, I think he's funnier. I think he's, uh, you know, I just think that he, uh, he has a hard time with the press. He has a hard time with social media or finding any meaning in it. And I think that there's a lot of things that are going on socially in the United States that he just refuses to participate in, which, you know, 
frankly makes, you know, a lot of people's jobs a lot harder. You know, how many times have you heard Shams or Woj break news on Joker? Right. That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Speaking of those so, funny interactions, though, one one other interaction that I loved from Joker last year was the whole back and forth with him and Matt Ashiba, the, the new Suns owner. Oh, when God. he like gave, when he after he like ran into him or whatever, <laughs> the following the next time they played him, he like gave him a ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like clearly, clearly, it's kind of like a backhanded joke. Uh, and I thought the whole thing was hilarious. Um, well, I got to tell you, man, if that would have been like your typical, just like standard courtside seat fan, I don't know what, how, how that, that fan would have gotten tossed. I mean, you know, that was really, really like he freaking clamped onto that basketball. For sure. <laughs> it's like he changed the flow of the play. You yeah. gotta, I mean, it's his <laughs> team, you know, you got to do what you got to do, I guess, to, to try to take it home. So, you know, and that was the last time they were going to be, you know, in Phoenix. So funny. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's that's a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about next. You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to this matchup here on Tuesday night because, you know, our big man is looking good. His feet are looking good, you know, and we don't know whether or not. Yeah, we don't know whether or not he got his. um surgery or not on the bone spurs but it looks like his feet are a lot lot better than they were looking last year in the playoffs for sure so i'm really looking forward to you know an actual you know one-on-one good matchup with both of them healthy you know ad versus joker so i mean what are you what are you guys thinking about that one um go ahead yeah go ahead uh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you know, I'm super excited. So, you know, we're recording this Friday. So last night, Thursday, the Lakers played the Suns in a preseason game. Uh, and AD had five blocks in the first quarter uh, and six blocks overall. He only played like a half of basketball. Um, so, you know, he clearly looks like, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the world right now. Um, and then I saw Joker's, I know you guys had a preseason game like at the same time, so I didn't get to watch it, but I saw Joker's final stat line from last night and it was like 35 and 16 with like, you know, 60 or 70% shooting. Um, and I'm just like, clearly Joker hasn't lost a step yet either. So I'm excited. I think, uh, I think Joker's probably got the better offense and AD's probably got the better defense and we'll, we'll see how that, that matchup looks. And obviously they're not going to be, guarding each other the whole game but they are both centers and there will be times where they're going at each other so uh i'm excited i'm excited to watch it yeah like i said gotta respect joker yeah no i think uh you know i don't i know that as far as you know joker and and, uh and jamal goes they are notoriously slow starters um you know i haven't actually looked at the first month of the season over the last five years um, but I would suspect they're they're no better than 500 and possibly slightly lower than 500, uh, you know, the first month of the season. So, you know, I, that's the one thing that I would look at with these guys is, is do they come out of the box? I mean, uh, you know, Joker's stat line looked great. Jamal, you know, I think he was like eight points, five rebounds, uh, eight assists, seven assists, something like that. 
So, you know, he was doing a good jo- job facilitating as a point guard, um, but, he, you know, he wasn't putting the ball in the hole uh, the way people expect him to or, or you know, think that he needs to. Um, you know, I think they won by, what, 10, 15 points, though, so they definitely put in a good showing as a team. Um, you know, I uh, as far as the matchup goes, I think you're always going to just see Joker play whatever game the other team gives him. And it's hard to ever say, oh, he's matched up with somebody. Right. Because I don't I don't think he ever like goes into a game thinking, oh, I'm matched up with somebody. It's like he's going into a game. It's like, okay, these guys like this action, this action, this action. If I see this action, I'm gonna be playing this sort of game. If I see this, I'm gonna be playing this sort of game. And that'll dictate, you know, whatever the box score is gonna be for him whether it's going to be a 35-45 point game or whether it's going to be a 13 or a 17 point game. And I I literally I don't think he knows specifically, you know, what's going to happen. So it's really going to depend I think on how, you know, the 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 Lakers play him. So, you know, I think if they put Anthony Davis on him heads up, I think, you know, Joker will put his head down and try to put up 35-40. Um, I think that if, if they have some sort of a help scheme, uh, maybe they got Vando in there and it's, a, you know, Vando's uh, actually on him heads up and then, you know, AD's running a help scheme. You know, I think, uh, you know, that, that might actually be the better way uh, to, to play those guys, you know, especially if you can figure out, you know, how to, how to keep, uh, you know, Murray from lighting you up. You know, and that's kind of the issue is like, you know, pick your poison. I mean, I think that, you know, when, when you guys played us, we had one game where uh, Aaron Gordon, you know, scored like 27, 28 points, had had a phenomenal game. Uh, we had, you know, two games where, you know, Jamal was on fire. And then we had, you know, one game where Joker was, was unstoppable. So it's kind of like, you know, even if you're a coach that has the ability to, to game plan the Nuggets different ways, you almost have to, you know, count on one of our pieces or parts, you know, not working properly or, or not, fu- you know, fulfilling their role, you know, and, and it's like, how do you pick which one to target, you know, on any given night? So absolutely. I, that's why I consider Denver to be like the biggest threat here, you know, and, you know, as defending champions and, you know, that roster that, like you said, that's starting five still coming back. Like, yeah, they're, they are, we got to climb that mountain, you know? Yeah. Somebody, you know, I mean, and that's the thing though, is like, if you got the, the depth, we we've got the depth or when the other team targets our weak link, you know? So like yep. if you, you try to make it a game where Aaron Gordon is going to have to beat you and he's, you know, shooting 26% from three, you probably are going to win that game. Right. Exactly. Well, from how you described your preseason game last night, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'd rather, pick my poison with Jamal Murray than Joker, but you know, obviously Jamal Murray could easily just light up on Tuesday. So uh, yeah, yeah. doesn't take much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. To me, it's like the most Kobe Bryant thing that could happen, uh, you know, with our two games this year is that you guys ruined ring night and we ruined statue night. So. Oh, that's right. You guys are playing second. That's actually a that's a funny 
Hey, if that happens, that would be really Kobe. I mean, that would be about as Kobe as you can get. Totally, totally. So, and you're the first person I've heard say that. That's a very interesting, and I could actually see that happening. But no, I think I stole that from somebody. I don't remember, (laughs) but yeah, no, it 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 is hilarious though. It is that that really tickled me. That uh, if that's how it goes down, because you know it's like I don't know if you guys, you know, I mean, you know, you know, you look, uh, you look like you've, you know, got watch, you know, watched some basketball, but I mean, the history of just like the Lakers' big brother torture of the Nuggets, um, from the Nuggets' perspective, is freaking, you know, legendary. You know, seventy nine knock us out in the first round. You know, 85, you know, knock us out in the conference finals. You know, Lakers win the chip, you know. 87, knock us out, you know, Lakers win the chip. <laughs> you know, totally. knock yep. us out in the first round, you guys win the chip. Conference finals and nine, win the chip. Freaking conference first round in 12s, you know, when we won like 60-something games. Yeah. <clears throat> We're the best fucking team in the league. So, you know, I mean, people wonder why, you know, the Nuggets fans have enjoyed, you know, beating and sweeping the Lakers. There's there's, there's 40 years of pain, man. There's yes. 40 years of pain. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You can you could absolutely speak to that. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I've been having fun with, like, with a lot of Nuggets fans, but yeah, I absolutely realize that. Yeah, like you know, you, you got your time. You got your time in the sun, and like you know, like enjoy. Oh, and, and we know. got ten years for the payback to actually be complete, man. You know, we got a lot of work <laughs> See? to do. There you go, man. It's not See, over. There you go. I like that. I guy who's got a long term plan. You know, I I can respect that. You know. <laughs> Dynasties aren't built in a day. I respect that. No, no, they're not. They're not built in a season. They're not built in you know three. It takes a while, but uh, no, it's uh, it's pretty fun. But you know what were you saying there? You were talking about like the the matchups. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I you know you got Jamal and D'Lo. I guess you got you know KCP and Austin. Yeah, I think they're well, probably going to put. Delo's looking for some redemption for his performance in the Western Conference Finals too. <laughs> yeah, you got he's, how, he's been got playing up. like a madman. How big so is Delo? He's like what? Six five. Like, he's six five, like two hundred five, two ten. And like I actually and just found this out about him. So he's six five, but he's got a seven foot three wingspan, which I didn't know. So that's and we finally have been this preseason we've been seeing him get some more steals and be a lot more just active defensively. He's not like a good defender by any means, but he's at least more active and you can tell he's trying hard. And because of that, he's gotten a couple steals. Uh and I heard someone say, uh, a Lakers reporter talking about it, and they were like, Oh yeah, Delo's always had this crazy long wingspan, uh, which is you know, would make it easier for him to get steals and blocks, but he's just never been that active on the defensive end. So um to finally see him I think that, you know, getting played off the floor in the conference finals kind of lit lit a fire under his ass this offseason and this preseason. So, uh, hopefully, you know, he looked great in the preseason, so I'm hoping that carries over on Tuesday. But uh, definitely going to have to see it to believe it. 
Yeah, I don't know. There's something about the league over this last CBA, and I think it's even going to come into play more this next CBA, where you don't have, like, empty roster spots for just, you know, for cones. You can't have cones on your team anymore and expect to be playing, you know, championship basketball. And, you know, it's always been, you know, problematic to have somebody that didn't play a whole lot of defense and expect to be going and playing championship basketball. But I think even more so, it just seems like, you know, you need everybody to be participating. Maybe it's because of the ball movement that happens, you know, all of the inside out, the five out, you know, the the way the pick and rolls are being run. You know, you, you can't just have somebody that's, you know, you know, they can be victimized every time they, you know, they get uh, isolated. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, we learned totally. that the hard way, you know, these past couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually yeah. funny. It's funny you say that because we had D'Lo who wasn't playing defense. And then we had Jared Vanderbilt, who was a great defender, but he couldn't fucking make a shot on offense. So neither of them were, they both got played off the floor. Yeah. In the playoffs. Um, yeah. No, you got it. I mean, and, and that's the thing is, is that like, you know, you've got a team and I think you're going to see this a lot with the nuggets over the next few years as people cycle in. And you've even seen it, I think over the last three or four years, as people have come through the nuggets is, you know, being able to play with Jamal and Joker doesn't necessarily mean you're as good as, as people think you are, you know, so, you know, we, you know, we've had players that have, you know, looked good on the Nuggets, and then uh, they're not in the league anymore. You know, right. you look at, you know, Monty Morris and Barton and, uh, you know, a few other guys, uh, Jeremy Grant, you know, maybe they've done something, but, you know, they 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 kind of weren't on the rise. You know, they, they right. weren't ramping up. And I, I'm curious to see what happens with Bruce because I don't know, you know, I, I love him, and he, he freaking helped us get to the promised land, but – 22 million a year is a lot of money for Bruce. Oh, totally, dude. I was, we were, there was talks at the very beginning of the preseason that the Lakers might get him on the, I believe it was the full, uh, the full mid-level, which is $12 million. Right. And all the Lakers fans got real excited on like, oh, we might get Bruce Brown on the mid-level, like 12 million bucks. And then I saw the Pacers offered him 22 and I was like, well, yeah, that's, you know, a full 10, 10 million more. Than the mid level, so well, you know, I guess I, think, I mean that's why what Aiton's got on a max, right? Because they offered him yeah. the max, and then the Suns right. took him back <laughs> on. So, yeah, no, I you know I don't I don't you know I don't understand a lot about basketball. I mean, like right now, you know, with what's going on with the CBA, uh, you know, what's going on with Hyde Harden, and you know, the, nobody wants him, and you know, I just I wonder what's going to happen, you know, coming up here. You know, if you're going to have people that you would have expected to get a max deal that aren't going to get max deals, and then people that you think are going to get mid-levels that are going to be on vet minimums, and it just seems there's going to be quite a bit of smash down on a lot of people's uh, incomes here. Exactly. Oh, totally. and, like, yeah, it's well, going to cut out the middle. TV kind of it. I mean, even the Lakers, we got we got Christian Wood. Well, he hasn't looked very great in the preseason, but we got Christian Wood on a vet minimum, which, you know, he was making 20-something million dollars last year with the Mavericks. So, um, yeah, yeah. you know, um, even guys like Russell Westbrook, who went from making $47 million to 
10 million dollars like you know uh and you're spot on with harden i think we're gonna he's probably the big next name that's due for a very big uh i'm curious really not to go off topic but i'm just curious to get your take on that situation van uh do you think he'll wind up on the Clippers or somewhere? Do you think he'll play for the Sixers? Do you think he sits out? It feels really Iverson to me. It's got that same kind of like he might have, you know, literally shit the bed. You know, he's just – I think he might have screwed up here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I believe between that and just Daryl Morey, like his success is so tied to James Harden. Like I have this feeling that like he's not going to give up James unless he gets some sweetheart deal, and nobody's going to give him a sweetheart deal. So no. like I feel like he's just going to hold on to James. You know, like he's Gollum, and you know James is precious. <laughs> <laughs> you said that last week, and I forgot about <laughs> no, it. No, that's it's true. Uh, it's like it's true. It's uh, you know. Yeah, I just I look at that situation. I look at the 76ers and it's just, you know, I I mean, I don't know if Embiid just has terrible bad luck or if he's a catalyst for, you know, crappy stuff to happen or Yeah, I feel bad for the guy, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, cuz like one thing that I've never heard anybody in the national press talk about is like, for instance, the whole Ben Simmons thing. If Ben Simmons had the same surgery as Michael Porter Jr. on his back, then, you know, all of his cautiousness on the court, his inability to drive, his fear of contact, all of that makes perfect sense if he was going through a debilitating nerve injury that, you know, took him, you know, like close to a year to truly figure out. And then, you know, he goes through the surgeries, goes through the year of, you know, rehabilitation. I'll be really interested to see if this is like a renaissance year for Ben Simmons, if he really, you know, is able to come back. Because, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, Michael Porter Jr. is still wearing those lift boots to, to, to play in. So, you know, those lift races. So totally. Uh, so, did Ben Simmons have surgery this offseason on his? I knew he had. Uh, I know he had back issues. Oh, but... it was over a year ago that he had that surgery. Yeah, and it's oh, just yeah. it's taking right. this long to recover. That's yeah, know, right. yeah, like you know, I don't know if you ever injured your back, but like you oh, know, yeah, it just be so I've, debilitating, yeah. and then like you know, just getting that range of motion with everything back, you know, that's yep. probably what's taking so long, you know. And totally. but like you know, that preseason game that we played him, like you know, he he had flashes where he was looking really nice. So yeah, yeah who knows? I, I I hope he gets back. I hate it when players Me too. You know, don't sure. live up to their their uh, their potential. You know, it's just, you know, you, you know, never like, want to see a guy's career end. That you know, you know, same thing with Lonzo Ball. I'm really hoping he comes. You know, yeah. rooting for him to come back and succeed. Um, you know, never want to see a guy's career end. You know, before the age of thirty. So um, totally. Well, uh, you know, I I think we spent you know enough time here talking about them um, Nuggets and Lakers. I want to I want to talk about. Um, Lakers and Suns a little bit, and also Nuggets and Suns a little bit, just because, you know, I feel like those three teams in the West, like, I, I put them in the top tier, personally. Um, and I, I gotta you know, tell you, man, I don't, I fear the Lakers. I don't fear the Suns. You don't fear the Suns as much. I, I fear the Suns' offense. I don't fear the Suns' defense, but I, when those three get together, it is, it is 
I'm afraid of it being similar to when it was when, um, you know, Katie, Kyrie, and Harden were in Brooklyn, when, you know, they were kind of doing the improbable, where they had, like, you know, like a top three offense, but they were, like, like 27th, I believe, in defense and still winning games. And that's, I mean, that's, like, that's so, like, improbable and, like, you know, may not happen, but it's, like, I worry about that a little bit with the Suns just because those three, if they are healthy, I feel like can be, you know, so potent offensively. And it kind of makes up for a lot of their defensive flaws. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe but, but you don't want to run into playoffs, them. The, but I worry about you don't want to run into them the first round of the playoffs. You know, I would think, or, you know, I just can't see them putting together a 20 or a 22 game run. I just can't see him putting together, you know, 22 games that would result in a championship um, where all three of them stay healthy. That's and, the biggest thing for me is yeah, I just, you know, um, you know, huge. so they're going to have two things going on. Are they going to be able to, you know, get through a regular season um, healthy enough to get into a playoff run? Okay. Um, you know, Devin Booker's hammy's giving him problems you know, the second half of every season for what the last two or three, um, you know, he's notorious, you know, game six, game seven, you know, dropper uh, in terms of just like not showing up for the game. Uh, you know, Beal has negligible playoff, playoff experience. And he's got you know, injury too. You know, yeah. and he's not that big. And, you know, I think especially – um, you know, if you're going against, uh, you know, if you're going against the, the Nuggets, you know, we're coming in, we're a pretty good sized team. We're not a little team, you know, so if we're not a little team and, you know, you're coming in with, a you know, little Devin and, you know, Le little Beal and, and skinny, you know, skinny Durant, Grayson Allen, you know, and Grayson Allen, there's going to be a pounding going on. You know, I mean, and that's one thing, you know, you look at, you know, MPJ, he's bigger, he's stronger this year. Gordon's the same as he ever was. Uh, Joker's actually a little bit smaller. He's down, I think he might not even be over 260 this year. Um, you know, when you when you look at him, you know, when I saw him at that, that, that practice game that they did for us. Um, so, you know, you look at our team and, and you look at uh, Peyton Watson, you know, he's coming in like 215, 220, you know, six foot seven, six foot eight. So, you know, he's a, he's a pretty decent sized guy. You know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. And, and the other thing is, is they don't have a point guard. So I think that there is a potential when you play aggressive defense that you're going to, to cause them to, to go into more of an ISO type of mode in terms of the type of basketball they play um, instead of, you know, really, you know, well-timed actions, which I think is, you know, the, the, the under underappreciated thing that LeBron brings to the table is, is his, you know, his point guard abilities and his ability to get, you know, get into the offense and get the offense cranking. So I'm not worried about the Suns. I think that, you know, playoffs, they're going to get disrupted. I think the likelihood of them being healthy through a playoff run is low. And I think Devin Booker, as good as he is in the regular season and as good as he is in his good games in the playoffs, he falls apart, you know, under pressure. You know, he's not going to come back from 3-1.
I don't think he will. Yeah, I I actually tend to agree with that. Um, but just for the listeners, a quick recap. So uh, last night, as I mentioned, the Lakers played the Suns in, in a preseason game. No, no, no. You regret this is great. Or uh, obviously, yeah, all, all Suns related. So uh, Lakers played the Suns last night. Uh, we lost. Well, so we when the starters were in, we we they they were up. I believe it was like sixty-seven to sixty-five when the starters came out. Um, so it was very close, but the starters ultimately won their minutes, I think. Uh, and then they did a full five-man, you know, hockey-style line change, uh, like five minutes into the third quarter, I want to say, uh, where they took all the starters out, put all the backups in, uh, and the Suns kept some of their – Kevin Durant was out, but uh, they kept some of their other starters in, uh, and they went on like a 20 – you know, I think on the quarter – they went on like a 20 to nothing run, and then on the third quarter – I think they beat us like 35 to 15 and uh, ultimately they kind of ran away with the game and, you know, all of Twitter was freaking out, you know, NBA Twitter was freaking out saying, you know, Oh, everyone was saying that the Suns didn't have depth, but they're, and the Lakers were the deepest team in the league, but the Suns bench outscored the Lakers bench. You know, I don't know what it was, but it's something like, you know, 40 to to 19 or something. Um and so, you know, I just think, uh, yes, the Lakers looked awful. That Lakers bench unit looked awful last night. Yes, Rui Hachimura was playing, who's like actually kind of a, you know, not necessarily a bench player. Um, he was having, you know, he didn't look engaged at all, which I think it was because he was playing with those guys and they're just trying to get through this preseason game. Um, so there was just, to me, there's a lot of factors. The biggest one being that it's preseason. It was the last game of the preseason. They're just trying to get healthy to this game. Um, you know, they did the full line change, whereas the, you know, the Suns kept some of their starters in. So I'm not worried at all. A lot of Lakers fans I saw did get a little bit worried and they're like, oh man, like we're not that deep. Suns are going to be better than us. Uh, I don't think that at all. I I'm still with Van. I completely agree with his take that, uh, Suns will be in it in the regular season. I think, you know, we'll do our standings later here, but I think I've got them pretty finishing pretty high in the West, but I think they'll definitely be a, you know, a first rounder. Uh, at at best, second round playoff exit. So, uh, curious yeah. to hear your take, Evan. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm personally more worried about them in the regular season and the fact right. that we've got to play them twice in our first ten games. Yeah, so, I forgot that. Yeah, so like that that's more what I'm looking at. So like, you know, when I when I look at the schedule, like you know, I, I feel pretty confident about every game except those two. I'm just kind of like kind of wavering on those two because I I feel like they're going to be you know healthy. And, you know, KD is going to be out for blood and, you know, we'll see, like, you know, those, those are the matchups that, you know, worry me a little bit early, you know, as well as the Nuggets, you know, that Nuggets game, you know, just because there's so well, much, you, does, it, you know, we got a spoil ring night, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we, we got all sorts of things we got to mess up for one another. Um, you know, yeah, we're going to, we're going to wreck statue night. It's going to be like, <laughs> it's gonna uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, I really am not that worried, you know, about, you know, if the Nuggets can split, you know, 50, 50, the first month of the season, they can win, you know, two thirds of, uh, of December, two thirds of January, two thirds of February, which is what they did last year. And then they can split, you know, split March again and go into the playoffs super healthy. That to me, if they can repeat that rhythm, 
that'll be great. It'll, you know, a lot of people will be talking shit because they'll be 50-50 the first month of the season, you know, through the end of November. But I I just feel like, you know, I would I'm not gonna worry about it if they still come out of the box slow like they they typically do. Um, but I gotta tell you, you know, I have not seen Joker shoot a three-pointer in preseason before. And uh, he was hucking him up this, you know, this preseason. So, yeah, you know, maybe, you. maybe he's gonna he's gonna at, try to add a scoring a scoring championship to his his resume. That'd be funny. Yeah, I think he it. went three for six from three last night. So fifty percent, you know, obviously yeah. on on pretty high six attempts is quite a big bit for a center. So, uh, yeah, that that would be scary. If, well, I mean, you know, what he do forty one percent or something last playoffs. Oh, dude, and some of the ones, some of the shots, some of the threes specifically he hit against the Lakers. There was two specific, like, step-back threes that AD was perfectly in his face, and he just, like, you know, ridiculous fadeaway step-back three off one foot, you know, banked it in, whatever. Uh, nah, man, I, bottom like, of the net, man. I think one was a bank <laughs> and one was a swish. He made two of them for sure. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that was that was, that'll be interesting to see. And then one yeah. thing might have hit the glass before the bottom of the net, but it was still the bottom of the net. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's fair. Touche. Touche. Um, but Evan, did you notice last night? And I've kind of been seeing. I think I saw it in the first two games that LeBron played. So we had Lakers had six preseason games. LeBron played three of them. Did you notice that new move kind of that he's got where he drives to the left? And then finishes with his right and like puts some kind of English on, like you know, puts some spin on it, and like uses his shoulder to box out the defender. So it's almost impossible to block it when he's got like a full head of steam. Did you did you see yes, that shot? Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you know, he, he just continues to amaze. Like, it's insane. What is he doing? Like, it's like he's got no like doing this stuff. It's just, it's amazing. Like. I, mean, I, I feel so like privileged and you know like watching LeBron's entire career like you know there was you know because I want to bring this up a little bit because like I think people should really learn to appreciate greatness because yes. you know Kobe is my favorite player you know I, I'm wearing a Kobe jersey you know because we're you know we're starting this year on the 24th you know it is you know the championship will get, be given out in year 24 as well so like you know, and Kobe is my favorite player, but like, you know, I had a period of time where Kobe made me really angry, you know, and it was after 0304. And, you know, I, I pulled away and, you know, I missed the 81 point game live, you know, because I was mad at Kobe and like, you know, I, and I wasn't, I wasn't as into it, you know, for a lot of things. And like, and I regret that in a lot of ways, you know, because, you know, what went on, like, you know, it, ultimately it, it is, you know, it's, it's his personal life. And I was judging him for that. And like, you know, I, I just need to appreciate the basketball. And, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that I've always appreciated, you know, LeBron's career and, you know, what he's done for 20 years has just been unreal and amazing. And, you know, yeah, like, you know, he's in my top three and, you know, like I've always felt like, you know, when when it's all said and done, you know, he'll have probably the best argument to be the GOAT. So, you know, but like, you know, until then, Kobe is 
still number one for me, you know, and anyway, I just, I had to have, I had to sidetrack for that and everybody needs to appreciate greatness. <laughs> yes. And just oh, to yeah. piggyback, just to piggyback off that, I completely agree. And I just, I appreciate all the goats, you know, I, I appreciate yes. Michael, yes. Kobe, LeBron, Kareem, uh, you know, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, all those guys. Well, you know, Lakers fans, you don't have to appreciate Larry Bird, but, um, you know, yeah, just appreciate greatness. And I do it in all sports too. Like I kind of blows my mind exactly. when, you know, I get how people disliked Tom Brady when he was playing and especially at the beginning and so when he was on the Patriots in some of those years, but once it got to a certain point where it's like, all right, this guy's 40 years old and he's still winning Super Bowls, you know, and we now it's just like, you got to appreciate appreciate greatness. Uh, and I, I try to do that in all sports. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. And I, I appreciate greatness, but you know, like in the case of Brady, when it's obvious that he's done a deal with the devil, it's just, <laughs> I can't go with it. I can't, That's I just fair. can't do it. You know, That's fair. So, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I get it that, as, know, like, as a Broncos fan. I, I get, I'm assuming you're a Broncos fan. Uh, you know, I am not that big a football fan. Uh, okay. you know, I just, uh, I played football, uh, you know, definitely, uh, built for it, but, uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I'm not that big a football fan. I, I like basketball, like mixed martial arts, um, you know, as far as sports go and, and, uh, you know, the more CTE a sport has, the less I like it, I guess, that's is the way you can you point. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. So. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've uh, had a few concussions and there are times when I'm watching the NFL that I just. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just so painful and they don't get cringy. paid enough for it. You yes. Know? It's, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm starting to think the same thing about the way, you know, MMA has started to, to drift, you know, more and more to just, you know, kickboxing. Um, you know, with a little bit of grappling thrown in. So, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, it's like, I love basketball. I think, I think it's one of the pure sports that, that we've got left, the physicality, the, the skill, uh, the athleticism, uh, you know, all of it, you know, when you, it, you combine it, it's really a beautiful game, you know? Yes. It is. Yeah. It's Amen to that. my favorite sport for, you know, almost, you know, four, yeah. Over four decades, you know? So, yeah. You know, one thing you guys have on here, what's Mike Malone's beef with the Lakers? And uh, I think it goes back to the, the 88 uh, championship with the Pistons. Um, his old man was an assistant coach on that team, and that was his only opportunity to actually win a chip. And, uh, you know, he never made it back. So I think that's why he hates your guts. Aha. That's actually oh, yeah. a good explanation. And we it's, talked about it last episode, but obviously, yeah. you know, in rest, in, rest in peace to his, his yeah. father. I know he passed. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, I think everybody uh, agrees Brandon lived a phenomenal life. And, yes. you know, I yeah. think there's there's yeah. grief. But, man, talk about somebody that uh, has literally been, was around literally half of the existence of basketball. That guy was coaching. Yeah, you know, incredible. that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty gotta, cool. Yeah, gotta respect greatness, like we said. But um, yeah, so moving on, we're gonna, like I mentioned, we're gonna be doing our our uh, regular season predictions on this episode, uh, standings predictions, also regular season awards predictions. Uh, since season starts officially <coughs> Tuesday, so 
um yeah let's let's dig in do you guys want to let's maybe start with standings and then do awards after that yeah i can i can go first on this one i've got um you know both west and east here you know i've I printed it out for me even as well so i can read it all to you you know in the west you know um lakers are the first seed nuggets are the second suns the third kings the fourth clippers the fifth t wolves the sixth Thunder the seventh, Warriors the eighth, Pelicans the ninth, and Mavericks the tenth. And in the east, I have Celtics the first, Bucks the second, Cavs the third, Nets the fourth, Heat the fifth, Knicks the sixth, Sixers the seventh, Hawks the eighth, Magic the ninth, and Wizard the ten- Wizards the tenth. Ooh, Wizards! I like that. Uh, Jordan Poole had. 41 points the other night. Um, nice. Yeah, so mine's mine's a little bit spicier, and I'm going to post. I got mine in my notes nice. here, so I'll, I'll post it to Twitter after this. I didn't want to post it before the Yeah, episode. and I've, I've already posted my West. I'll post my East, you know, after the show here. I've already posted my West on Twitter, so you can scroll through my feed and find that, um, you know, if anybody's looking for it. But, yeah, and, you know, I will post my East as well. Yeah, so mine's definitely a little bit spicier, like I said. Uh, so I'll start with the West. I got Lakers one, had to do it. Uh, two, I had Suns, just because, like we talked about, I think they're going to be more of a regular season team. Um, three, I had oh, Nuggets. Disrespect. Three to the Nuggets. <laughs> I just think the Nuggets, you know, if they, in case they have like an injury or something or start slow, I don't know. I, I just think the Suns are going to be a really good regular season team. So I got Lakers, Suns, Nuggets. Fourth, I got Thunder, which is a little bit spicy. Fifth, I got Pelicans. Uh, sixth, I got Clippers. Seventh, I got Grizzlies. Eighth, I got Warriors. Ninth, I've got the Kings. And tenth, I have the Wolves. Uh, so just a quick comparison with Evan. Uh, I had Thunder at four. I think you had uh, uh, Kings at four. Evan? Yes, Kings at four. Yeah, so I had Kings all the way down at nine. Uh, I think you had Thunder down lower, so looks like we did a little swap there. And then in the East, I've got Celtics at one. I've actually got Cavs at two, Bucks at three, Sixers at four, Knicks at five, Heat sixth, Nets seventh, Hawks eighth, Raptors ninth, and Bulls tenth. Um, so, yeah, obviously oh, the uh, Cavs at two there is, is a little bit spicy. Um but I just don't Bulls revival. I mean, the 10 seed, like I, they'll probably lose in the play in the plan, you know, <laughs> like I don't think it'll be a revival at all. I think the East is just like, once you get past the top six or seven in the East, it's just kind of like, meh. Um, so anyways, Van, do you want to go ahead with yours? I don't know. Did you, did you, yeah, no, I, I did mine. Like in the West, I think the West is going to be one with uh, 58 games. And I, I, I basically, I think the Suns, the Lakers, and the Nuggets are all capable of winning the West at 58 games. But I think that's what it's going to take, um, yeah. you know, to, to win the West. Um, you know, none of us, you know, none of the, those three teams, they're anticipating winning that many. But I just look at the way the West is put together and somebody's going to have to separate and get to that yeah. 58 win mark. Um Obviously, the Nuggets are going to win, but you know. Anyway, we'll we'll get to that, you know, in uh, 
at the end of March, I guess, beginning yeah. of middle of April, we'll figure out who's actually going to be the number one seed. Um, frankly, I got to say that uh, I think it makes a huge difference for other teams to be higher seeded than the Nuggets and for the Nuggets to have a high seed. I think we saw that last year. I mean, I don't know if you remember the first half of game four. That was one of the best halves of basketball I've ever seen somebody put up. But LeBron did not have a second half of basketball in him after that first half. Right. And, you know, it, I think that, you know, if that game maybe would have been in, in L.A., you know, instead of, you know, in uh, – yeah, or, you know, if that hadn't been the fourth game, you know, playing a couple of games at altitude, you yep. know, I think uh, he might have been in a little bit better shape. So, I don't know, or a game up or two games up. But anyway, I, I think that, you know, the altitude, having that home home court is going to be big. After Nuggets, Lakers, Suns, I've got Memphis. Um, I think the Timberwolves could have a surprising se season. The single scariest player I felt like we played last year with was uh, Anthony Edwards. That kid terrorized yeah. the, the Nuggets in that series completely. Um, then I got the Kings, the Dubs, the Mavericks, the Pelicans, the Clippers, um, you know, and, and that's, that's, I just never believe in the Clippers, but you gotta <laughs> at least say that they're going to make Amen. the play in because of who they've got, but man, they, that is a snake bit organization. If there is one, um, can agree with yeah, that. when I, when I look at the East, you know, I think I'm like everybody else that's, Celtics, Bucks, Bucks, Celtics. Um, I am not a believer in the Damian Giannis uh, duo uh, at all. You know, it, it, anybody that tells me that that's going to be an effective pick and roll, like obviously doesn't know what pick and roll is because Giannis has, is capable, you know, when he's actually, you know, all he can do is roll. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there, there's there's no flaring out. There's no jump shot. You know, there's none of that's happening. So it's like, you know, out of the four basic actions, you know, Giannis can do two. And then Damian, the first time he sets a pick and and uh, and freaking Aaron Gordon's coming through him, that's going to be that's going to be like an auto accident. <laughs> 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 So, I'm not a believer in what the Bucks did at all. I think that I think they're going to find they missed Drew. So, um, and he went to the Celtics. So I think Celtics win the East. Uh, Bucks uh, finish second. I think the Knicks are going to have a, you know a come up on the year. Um, I think the 76ers. I think Tyrese Maxey saves the season for them. So even if Harden's you know being a douchebag. <laughs> or he gets bounced, or whatever the hell happens to him. I think the Celtics may actually be better off as a team uh, without the guy. Um, yeah. And I then I've got Cleveland um, should have the Nets next, but I've got Miami just because Miami always figures out a way. Then the Nets, the Hawks, the Raptors, and then I don't know, you know, the Bulls, the Wizards. I don't know who that temp guy. Temp team is it could be anybody, you know. So, yeah. but uh, you know, yeah, I don't think the East is going to be very interesting. 
you know, yeah. other top four teams. So really, yeah, well. it's top heavy. Yeah, yep. I feel like the Celtics, Celtics, Bucks, and Cavs, and the, you know, nobody's really talking about the Cavs. I feel like they're they're kind of the dark horse in all of this. But yeah. you know, it's 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 still just you know, yeah, it's really more about the Celtics and Bucks, really, because I, you know, as much as I'd like the Cavs, still, you know, you know, I I still put them at three there just because I feel like they're getting it together, but they're still, they're still young and, you know, not quite as, you know, potent offensively, you know, as definitely not as the Celtics and, you know, look, you know, yeah. And the bucks, it's going to be, yeah, it's, uh, it's Cleveland, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Cleveland. It's like, that, that is a good point. That is a good point. Cleveland. It is yep. Cleveland. Exactly. So the it's only reason I had <laughs> the only reason I had Cleveland above the Bucks is actually uh, a lot of what Van was talking about with with what you know the the Dame and Giannis combo. Um, I think they just lost so much defense with Drew, uh, and the fact that Drew, you know, obviously they traded him to the Blazers, but the fact that he, they basically gave him to the Celtics because then the Blazers went around and traded him right to the Celtics, like. I think that's a. I think the Bucks might have taken a step back when you look at the fact that not only did they lose that defense, but they basically gave it to their biggest content, their biggest you know rival in the conference. Um, and then from what we saw in them in the preseason, kind of confirmed all that with me. Maybe they're just starting slow and still finding chemistry, which I totally get. But like Dane's defense looked abysmal um and he wasn't making any threes obviously he'll find his shot i know he will he's one of the best offensive players in the game but i don't know i just i could see the Cavs, that young Cavs team mobley who was great last year he's going to be even better this year garland's still young and improving mitchell's great so um you know i i think the Cavs could be could be better in the bucks in the regular season but ultimately i think we all agree the celtics are kind of definitely the, the the clear number one in my opinion yeah i just feel like they got so much better and you know i just you know and that's the other thing is like watching you know Giannis in the preseason try to do some new things with his game um some of it was pretty terrifying <laughs> like you know i mean it was it was like oh my goodness you know obviously you know didn't do a thousand perfect reps of that one yet you know, it's it's the sort of thing where, you know, you pull out something new out of the bag, you want it to be look pretty, you know, seamless. And that's not how the new stuff is looking for Giannis right now. So, you know, that might be something that actually makes him less effective if, you know, he's instead of, you know, using his six, seven tool tool bag, he's trying to turn it into a 20 tool tool bag. And it just might end up being ugly, you know. I I don't I don't believe in the what the Bucks did at all. I really don't. I think that they they traded down, um, you know, because the number one, uh, you know, on a mediocre team uh, doesn't necessarily translate to uh, a super effective two on a championship team. It just doesn't. Agreed. And just to, to put a bow on the, the Celtics Bucks situation, we even saw last night the Celtics had a preseason game and Drew had, I don't know how much he played. I think he only played a half or maybe three quarters. But in the time that he played, he had three, like three or four steals and two blocks, um, you know, and then with, you know, 10 points and like seven or eight assists. 
Um, so he's just a very complete player. Like I've been saying forever when he, even when he was on the Bucks, that like in the regular season, I know he drops a little bit in the playoffs with his offense, but in the regular season, he might be the best two way guard in the league. Like, I don't know another guard that plays defense that is six, six plays defense like him uh, and is as versatile as him. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I think the Bucks took a step back, but um, moving on to, uh, to our awards, uh, Evan, do you want to go, go first with your regular season award predictions? Um, sure. How, how do you want to do this? You want to, why don't we do this? Like, um, we'll start with, with MVP and we'll, we'll move it around to each of us. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Cool. So, um, for, I think for MVP this year, I think there's going to be a sentimentality vote. Um, just because he won the championship last year and because a lot of people feel like he should have won the MVP last year also again. I think Jokic is going to win it this year. That's my prediction. That's that's a, so, that's a good bet. Um, so I, I went back and forth. I had I originally did these predictions at the very beginning of the preseason, and I had Giannis. And then for basically all the reasons that Van just described – I'm like, uh, maybe not Giannis for MVP this year. Uh, and again, this is a spicy take, but uh, I chose uh, my man AD. I think if nice. he, can, I think if he can stay healthy, uh, play the defense that he's been playing, and and the find his three point shot, which in the preseason so far, I think he's shooting like forty or fifty percent from three. Uh, not very many attempts, but, you know, looking way better than, like, the 20% we saw the last couple of years. So if he can translate that into the regular season and the Lakers finish as a one seed, I think he would be a, a you know, a good option for MVP. But under, I understand that that's, uh, you know, I think I saw the odds today and he was, like, number 10 or number 8 on the list or something. But, Van, who do you have? Um, you know, I really don't know. I, I think uh... – Joker's going to have a great season, whether it's perceived as an MVP season. I don't know. I, I really, really think that uh, Joker is going to be playing um, with the idea of trying to make, you know, AD and Murray better and uh, get both of those guys onto the all-star team. So both, of, you know, especially Murray, Murray's up for a super max. So, you know, if he can make an all NBA team, and I can see Joker, you know, paying attention to that for Murray, um, yep. you know, having that be the sort of thing that Joker cares about. Um, you know, if Joker's got his super max, you know, yep. let's 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 make sure that, that my boy gets his bag. Um, so I, I kind of I think he's going to have a great season. I could see A.D., um, you know. Um, everybody's got to hit that 65 games now. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that changes people's mentality in terms of how many games they play. And if that's kind of taken out of the mix as far as, you know, durability is not as much of a thing. It's like, oh, you cleared your 65. I don't care if it's 65 or 78. You know, you're over the 65. I think then, you know, it'll become like, what are the numbers? And AD, if he plays 65 games, his numbers are going to be fucking phenomenal. So, right. you know, I think definitely he could go from not really being in the running. You know, because if you look at last year, I feel like there was a 45-day period where AD, if he would have put up a season of it, would have been in the running top three for, for MVP. In December, if, You know, I want to yeah. say, wasn't that like the you know, first half of, you know, October, yep. November, 
it's end First of November and then like all of December, basically yeah. like end of November through Christmas. Okay, so it was even a longer period of time. It just maybe right. took a minute for it to penetrate. But yeah, he was like on freaking fire. Yep. And if he would have been able to maintain, you know, I think he would have been in the conversation. I think it would have been the same argument with, you know, Joker though, you know, oh, they've only got 47 wins. You know, you got to win 48 games if you're going to give somebody the MVP. You know, you can't be the eighth seed and be the MVP. So that would have been the only thing, you know, going against him last year. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 MVP is almost always like, you know, whoever's, you know, top number one or number two seed. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Top, yeah. Top, top two seed, top three seed. But so, uh, yeah, my joke, I got Joker, you know, number one. Um, I don't think it's going to be Giannis or Embiid. I think we're going to have some new folks. I can see potentially Anthony Edwards having just a breakout season. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he's, he was 22 years old last year, and he was really, really, really good. And I could see them getting rid of Towns in the you know before the trade deadline and 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 uh, making some moves, and, you know. And, uh, and and I think that that would put him in a position to take that team over. That's interesting. Yeah, like, I haven't heard that Towns uh, that Towns get traded at the deadline take, but that is you know that they could surround him with a lot of pieces if they did that. And I'm not a huge, you know, I obviously Cat's a, a great player, but he's not like he's not on the same tier as as Joker and AD in my opinion. Oh, not even close. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no. Gotcha. But, so let's let's go ahead and move on to um, rookie of the year, and you know, initially, like you know, especially like back in summer league after watching him, you know, I was, I was really you know leaning towards Scoot up in Portland, and um, but you know, the obvious choice here is the guy who's going to be really hungry because he had to sit out last year, and that's Chet Holmgren. And, you know, I, I think he's got the inside track and he looks great already in preseason. So that's who I think is going to be rookie of the year. Yep. That is exactly who I have, uh, Chet Holmgren as well. So, uh, yeah, obviously I had the, the Thunder finishing fourth in the West. I'm very high on the Thunder this year. I think Holmgren's going to be great. I think SGA yeah. is going to be probably another first team all NBA um, and they've just got so many other young guys, Jalen Williams, uh, Josh Giddy, um, you know, a bunch of guys. So, uh, yeah, I've got Chet Holmgren as well. What about, what about you, Van? Yeah, I, you know, I, I basically, I think it's Chet Holmgren because I think, like you said, I don't know if they're going to be the four seed. That's a little bit more aggressive than I would be, but I do think they're going to make the playoffs. And I think that will mean that Chet Holmgren plays the season. And yeah. plays an actual season of basketball. Um, I think if Wemby plays a season of basketball, the, the guy's unfreaking believable. I mean, yeah, he yeah. he literally he changes the way seven footers have to approach the paint in in just an absurd way. You know, it's uh, it's it. I've never seen anything like it. I've literally never seen anything like it. So. Um, but he also moves in such a way that I think that he's going to snap in two at any given moment. I mean, some of the angles, his body hits and it's the way scary. he moves, it's terrifying. It just looks like it's just going to 
just you know yeah i hope there's a hell of a lot of ben there and not much break so <laughs> but yeah i got chet wemby i think those are the two that are gonna be fighting for it and it's really just gonna depend on who plays and that's the thing about scoot is i could see him playing a full you know incredible season so that would be another reason he can end up at the end you know being in the mix you know is, is just that durability thing because we don't know if Chet's, you know, durable enough to play right. two games at all. So right. Gotcha. So let's move on to um, coach of the year, and you know, I'm going to go with um, you know a team we've already been talking about in the East. You know, the dark horse team in the East, in my opinion, Cleveland and JB Bickerstaff. That's why I think he's going to get coach of the year this year. Oh, that's a good choice. And I didn't even think about that, even though I put the Cavs second. That's a good choice. Uh, so I went, you guys will probably see uh, there's a theme with my picks and it's they're all, all pretty heavy on the Lakers. But uh, I went, you know, I think if we finish in the first in the West, then you typically those teams win a lot of awards. So I think, uh, you know, Darvin Ham, I think we could see him win coach Love of the year this year. <clears throat> yeah, happy. you know. I'm going to take the approach that I always take to coach of the year, and I am going to pick the coach that I hope gets fired because <laughs> I want to not play against him anymore. And typically, if you win coach of the year, you get fired uh, within the next two seasons. Um, you never make it beyond the next two seasons. So I am also going with Darvin Ham. Um, I, I, I see not, what you did there. I see what I you did there. <laughs> I do not want to be playing <laughs> long into the future. So yes, coach That's of the year funny. coming Darvin's Darvin's way. All right, so, all right. Nice. I'll take some reverse psychology there and, and just get a, get a get an award in the process. Maybe it just does. I, I mean, I don't even know if it's true, but it seems like the coach of the year always gets fired. I'll have to look into that stat and see, yeah, pull the numbers because that's interesting. But now that I'm thinking about some of the names, there's definitely a few that, that lost their jobs a couple years later. But <laughs> uh, Anyway, so let's move on to most improved. And I'm going to be a homer on this one. And, you know, I really think Austin Reeves is going to get most improved because I've been saying it all offseason – I think I think he's going to average, you know, close to 22 5 and 7. And you know, I know that's a bold prediction, but like the way he's been playing, like he is like just naturally a 20 point scored a game, you know, and as long as he's getting the minutes as being a starter, you know, and his passing has just his passing was already good and it just seems to get better and better. So like Austin Reeves is who I'm picking for most improved. Nice. I love that pick. Um, and this is actually one of the ones that I didn't go with the Laker. Uh, and the only reason being is uh, I didn't expect D'Lo to look as good as he looked in the preseason. Uh, and we've talked about it on the previous episodes. And because of that, I think we might see D'Lo and Austin almost cancel each other out a little bit on the most improved player. Uh, and so I've actually got, I've got Michael Bridges. Point. We got Michael Bridges on the Nets, uh, who after he got traded there in the KD deal last year at the de well, a little bit before the deadline, uh, you know, then he finally got to be the 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 main guy on on a team for the first time in his career, and 
I mean, he was only on the Nets for a couple months and he had like multiple 40 point games. So, uh, and then we saw him continue to look great on Team USA, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I've got, I think, you know, I've got my Bridges, but what about yeah. you, man? I agree with you there, actually. And um, partly because, uh, you know, he is, uh, he's playing with who I, you know, we don't have it as a comeback player of the year. I really think there's a, a distinct chance that Ben Simmons has a, a breakout, you know, comeback year. And I think that Miguel, Mikel uh, Bridges will be the direct beneficiary of uh, Simmons having a, a great year as a point guard. So I, I, I think he has the potential to go from being, you know, a very good, well-known player to a star or even a superstar. I agree with you. And especially if he can take the Nets, you know, anywhere in the playoffs. Right. Which, you know, given the East, I think, you know, definitely is a possibility. So I'm with you there. I agree. Nice. Nice. So um, now we're going to move on to um, Defensive Player of the Year. And yeah, I'm gonna be a homer again on this one um, because I think AD's got this one on lock. I mean, he the way his he's moving and his footwork, it's just been amazing. And you know, he had five blocks in that first quarter. You know, just yesterday. I mean, like, I think he's got this one on lock as long as he can stay healthy. So, who do you got for Deep Boy? Uh, yep, I got the same thing. So I got. I got him. As you can tell, I'm very high on AD. I got defensive player and MVP. So I, I was trying to think in my head when the, last time, when the last time that happened was where someone won defensive player of the year and MVP. And did Giannis win deep, uh, defensive player when he won either of his MVPs? Do you guys remember? Because if not, it's probably you got to go all the way back to like maybe Michael. I don't know. Like I know LeBron, maybe LeBron did it. And no, I don't think he's ever won a defense player of the year. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I think Michael did do it once or twice. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe I, Kobe I did like, it once. Yeah. But for sure. It's a very rare uh, thing, but uh, you know, my thing is if, if the Lakers finish, do it, do as well as I expect them to do in the regular season, they should be in position for those awards. Uh, obviously, I think defensive player of the year is much more likely for Anthony Davis, but uh, I think he could win both for all the reasons we talked about. So yeah, I've got I've got AD as well. What about you, Van? Um, you know, I don't know. I think uh, it could go. You know, everybody loves those East Coast players for whatever reason for defensive player of the year. It always seems yeah. like that's the award they get. So I, you know, I'm going to go Bam on this one. I think. Oh, that's a good choice. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, they like to give, you know, one of the awards to Miami and he is damn good. So, yep. yeah. Nice. Nice. I like it. So now on to six man of the year. And, you know, this one is always, you know, you know, there's always a lot of candidates, you know, for this and, but, yeah, I just feel like a homer again this time just because <laughs> Braun has taken this guy under his wing, you know, has been calling him, you know, Danielson, you know, <laughs> to his Mr. Miyagi and like, you know, even posting memes about it. And so I, I really think Rui has got a great shot of getting six man of the year just because, you know, he's going to be that off offensive punch off the bench and, you know, like, 
if all that work with Braun pays off, like I think it is, you know, I, I he's my choice. Who won, who won it last year? I'm blanking right now. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon on the Celtics. Okay, right, um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm going to be a homer too. Go with Christian Brown. Um, uh, yeah, I think the the kid's capable of you know 16, 18 a game, 44 inch vertical leap, serious hops. Crazy. And yeah, so it's like the kid's got serious hops super aggressive hustles lays out for the ball you know does all of those hustle things that people like and i think if he puts up 16 18 a game and uh he plays defense like he did last year i think it's his for the taking um i always feel like the sixth man goes to somebody i haven't heard of <laughs> you know at the big it's a it's somebody at the beginning of the season that you know you don't haven't really heard of and it's amazing how few times wasn't Montrez Harrell like six man a year, like a few years back, right before the it Lakers just, got him. Yeah. Yep. When he was on the Clippers, he was. Yep. Yeah. And then they disappear and totally. it's a weird award. I mean, it is a weird award. Definitely. You know, it's like, who's the last one that's been years and years. Cause either then they become a starter and they're not six man of the year anymore. So nobody's like, because that was the peak of their, 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 their career with yeah. six man. So I don't know. <laughs> That's actually a good point. Like Dennis Schroeder was in the running a couple of years that same year. Actually, the year that Montrez won it, Dennis Schroeder came in second when he was on the Thunder, I believe. Um, and then even though he had he did have a good season with the Lakers last year, but after that six man year, he definitely fell off a little bit too. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've actually got I'm I'm with Evan here. I've got Rui as well. Uh, the only other guy that I was I was debating between uh, who I am very high on in the East is Emmanuel Quickly on the Knicks. Uh, I think Quickly's a good choice. Yeah, he's yeah. like his offensive game. He gives me like Jamal Crawford, uh, Lou Williams type vibes. Like he is just so much fucking offense off, like microwave offense off the bench, um, and he can just do it all by himself too. Doesn't need like any anyone else. Um, so yeah, I'm, I think the Knicks will, will be top. I think I had them finishing fifth. Uh, I think they will be top five in the East and I, I think quickly it'll be, uh, a big reason for that. But ultimately I think it'll be Rui. Um, I'll, I gotta agree with Evan. I had Rui as well. <clears throat> nice. Nice. Now we'll go to our, our last category here and it'll be scoring leader. And I think shy is going to be the scoring leader this year just because I think Chet Holmgren is going to open up a lot more for him. And, you know, Shai's never been afraid of shooting as it is, and I think he's just going to have a lot more open shots this year. So I think he might, you know, be averaging, you know, 35 or more. So that's who I'm going with. Nice. Yeah, SGA is a great pick. Uh, and I think even last year he was, like, second or third in uh, points per game, like just behind Embiid. I think he was at, like – 32 points per game last year, SGA. So, yeah, that's a great pick. I've got Luca here, uh, which we didn't talk about this when I did my standings, but I'm actually very low on the Mavericks this year. Yes, I, I didn't even too. have them. I didn't have them in my West playoff. Like, I know you guys both had them a little bit lower. I didn't even I have them taking the playoffs. Um, so, uh, ultimately, I don't think – I'm not high on the Mavs at all, but I, I do think Luca can still average, you know, 35 a game uh, and potentially be the leading scorer on just a 
a team that just is not a great fit. Like I think Kyrie could also average, I don't know, like 25 did, a game. Did Kyrie play during the preseason or did he sit out the whole preseason? That's a good question. I think he might've set out the whole preseason. I haven't seen any news and I'm already seeing now news that Luke is like dealing with a hamstring issue and might not make the right, uh, the regular season opener. So, uh, Ultimately, I do think he'll win scoring later just because he's like, you know, probably might have the deepest offensive bag in the league. Um, and yeah, I think it's just going to be a lot of him like creating for himself on that team this year. Him and Kyrie creating for themselves. Uh, it just doesn't seem to be a, a well fitting team. It's a very wonky fit. So yeah, ultimately, I'm not that high on him. But but Luca for scoring later is who I got. <clears throat> Yeah, my new favorite stat is like how long uh, players hold the ball, you know, per position. So it's like any any point guard that holds the ball more than five and a half seconds, I hate. What's <laughs> yeah. Luca averaging like twenty seconds? Here, of here. It's like six point nine or seven point two or something. Kyrie is like six point something. You know, both <laughs> of them just like when they they have the ball, they have the ball. You know, you, and you look at, like, a lot of guys, like, you know, I think Joker's, like, 4.3. You know, Jamal's, like, a hair over five. LeBron's a hair over five, you know. So even though they touch the ball an incredible number of times, they don't, like, hold on to the ball indefinitely every time they touch it. So it's one of my new favorite stats is just looking at, you know, how long people hold the ball. So... That's interesting. Also, who do you have? Who do you think will be the the scoring leader, though, uh, or finish with the highest, you know, points per game? I, you know, I gotta tell you, I think that uh, I think it might be Embiid. I think yeah. uh, I think that he is. He's gonna have to carry the 76ers. Yeah. Um. You know, and I think Great the Tyree, You know, I think Maxi is actually going to be willing to support that effort like pretty tirelessly. Whereas Harden, you know, I think he did, but it just is so hard to tell with Harden whether he's even trying. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just like, he's incredible. He's been incredible for a really long time, but he's like one of those guys that just, he's a cooler. He just like cools down everybody else around him or something. I don't know. He just throws the vibe off, as far as I can tell. I would never want him on my team. <laughs> no, you know, I just wouldn't. I mean, like, there's a lot of players. Like, I'd love to have LeBron on my team, you know. Um, I think him an AD on my team, it'd be fine. But there's certain players, you know, you just like, fuck, no. Yeah. No. I get it. I get it. Yep. And I agree that if if Harden ultimately doesn't play for the Sixers, which I think he might actually end up kind of just like putting his, his tail between his legs and come back and play, because I don't think there's going to be – it's either that or he just sits the whole season out. But if he does sit out, then, yeah, I think Embiid's definitely going to pick up a lot of that. Take – you know, score even more than he did last year, and I think he was the scoring leader last year. So uh, Yeah, that's yeah, I think he'll – I think Embiid could score a hell of a lot of points this year. So <clears> – <throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent points. So, you know, anyway, like my dream though, is that Aaron Gordon does not make the Olympic team so I can be pissed off at U S basketball and then uh, Serbia beats uh, the U (laughs) S in the final. 
<laughs> is Joker gonna play for Serbia or is he gonna be like riding chariots that time of year? No, nah, he already said he's playing. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, nah, he's like, you know, you gotta, you know, nah, yeah, him and his damn horses, man. It's so funny. Like, the fans out here, we sponsored uh, some horses and, and Joker's name at the horse rescue, and it was all this thing. That's awesome. Just, <laughs> what, a, what a ridiculous guy. I mean, he just, he's going to go down in history. So I That's always great. thought that he needed to be in that ad, you know, when they said who's got next. You know, that needs to be either Joker or one of his brothers. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, I was looking at these next two topics and like we've we've already kind of covered these fairly well, as well as, you know, Ben's already talked about how the fact that he's not really, you know, much of a football fan and, you know, we're we're already going pretty good here on runtime, so I want to move on yep. to our, you know, we've got a special, um, you know, segment here on Hoop Zooted. Um, you know, I'll familiarize you with it here, Van. It's it's it titled Historical Stoner Circle, and basically, I'll give you, you know, th we'll each go through three people and throughout, you know, history. And you will say, you know, gas or pass, whether or not you would get high with them or not. So, so anyway, we're going to start off with uh, Spencer Haywood. So let's kick it to you, Colin. Gas or pass, Spencer Haywood. <laughs> that's a loaded. That's a loaded question. Uh, so yeah, just to familiarize the listeners, uh, Spencer Haywood, incredible basketball player in the in the late seventies and eighties, uh, came to the Lakers in I want to say was it. Was it 79, Evan? Yeah, I think, or this is a 79-80 Magic's rookie year when he came to the Lakers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and just had a lot of drug issues with the Lakers. Uh, he was, like, addicted to, to crack cocaine for, for the majority of the season. Ended up getting kicked off the team, like, right before they made the playoffs. And, of course, as everyone knows, the Lakers won the championship that year. And I, I don't know. I'm sure he got a ring, but he didn't get to be a part of the – the championship and, run. So, uh, and, and that was forget, all. Go ahead. Sorry, don't, don't mean to interrupt you. Don't forget he tried to put a hit out on the coach too. Yes, that's very important. <laughs> he was like tweaking out because of his meth and he thought that the coach was like spot your, uh, it was back when, uh, was it Westhead or was it? Uh, no, it, it was, was McKinney. McKinney. Yeah. So yeah, mm -hmm. he thought McKinney was spying on him and yeah, tried mm -hmm. to put a hit out and, crazy fucking dude and they even talk about it in the show winning time there's a there's a crazy scene and it's actually in uh jeff perlman's book as well where i think it was i forget which player i think it's michael cooper actually michael cooper like after one of the regular season games that season spencer haywood's like yo dude like in the locker room afterwards like yo dude i'm having a party at my place like come over like where there's gonna be a bunch of girls there whatever and so he, michael cooper like rolls up to this party at spencer haywood's and it's just like a bunch of dudes smoking crack. And like, I guess Michael, Michael Cooper ended up taking like one hit of crack, like accidentally and like, you know, got, got sent to the moon and was basically like, I'm never hanging out with this dude again. Uh, so long story short, I'm going to pass on smoking with Spencer Haywood for all of those reasons. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's what other drugs he's going to have on him. I don't know what pressure there's going to be to do things. So I'm just going to, as much as I'd love to talk hoops with him, I'm going to pass. Yeah, I'm passing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Dan's like, I don't need any explanation. Yeah. I'm passing. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. That's hilarious. So I guess I guess we got to sweep here then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. Yeah. Same reasons. Like, yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm good with, you know, somebody who's that unpredictable. Like, yeah. Like, you know, I'm 56 years high, you know, old. I've wanna, only been cut chill, twice. have a good conversation, <laughs> you know, but yeah. No tweaking out on me, please. Like, <laughs> no, no, never, never go in uh, to a house when the front door opens out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's too good. So, anyway, we'll move on to our our next one, and this one's you know this one's a good one. He's a one of my favorite actors, and you know. A lot of people don't consider him the greatest actor, but you know, I, I've always loved this guy, Keanu Reeves. Yes, I'm a huge, huge Keanu Reeves fan. Uh, for the listeners, John Wick, the all the whole series, there's four of them. Uh, if you haven't watched it, you got to do that like yesterday. Uh, just one of the best action series of all times, and especially if you if you enjoy getting stoned and watching action movies specifically, uh, John Wick is for you. So. Uh, and then in addition to that, you've got The Matrix that Keanu Reeves did, which is awesome. Uh, you've even got, I'm a big fan of The Replacements, a football movie, uh, just all sorts of shit. Uh, Point Break, you know, so yeah, yes. I would totally gas with Keanu. Uh, but I, I, would for sure ask him, <laughs> I would ask him to get into John Wick character for just like five minutes of the smoking session, just so I could also smoke with John Wick. But uh, yes, gas with, with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, there's no no doubt that you would definitely guess with Keanu Reeves. I mean, you know, be excellent to each other. I mean, what a Absolutely. fundamentally beautiful yeah. phrase. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, the best things I ever heard about Keanu Reeves was uh, one of the directors that had cast him in like three movies. It might have been the John Wick movies. was asked, you know. Why, why, you know, um, why, well, you know, why do you like working with Keanu Reeves so much? And he's like, well, you know, he shows up on time. He's nice to everybody, and uh, he doesn't do drugs on the set. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> That's why he cast him in all his fucking movies. Because from a director's standpoint, he knows he's going to be able to make the damn movie for budget and on time, and he doesn't have to worry about what major part of it. But I always love that comment. You know, show up on time, be nice to everybody, and don't do drugs on the set. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's funny how low low the bar is in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I spent a lot of time. Working, no, no. Working I mean, Hollywood. My, sister, my sister's a costume designer career. too, so like I actually have some real world world experience with how low that bar is in Hollywood. That's funny. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that makes that extra funny. So, but yeah, of, of course I'm gonna gas with Keanu. Like, oh my god, like just you know, from Bill and Ted to to John Wick and like everything in between, like you know, the Matrix. And like I said, you know, a lot of people like, you know, criticize him because he's not the greatest actor. But like, you know, if he's in his like little perfect pocket, like, you know, like in The Matrix, like that role is like made for him. I feel like, yes. you know, Neo is like it, he's it's perfect for him. 
So yeah, like absolutely. And you know, it's he's and not also my sister first has actually worked with him. Like that. Like what Jimmy were you gonna say? Stewart, he's not the first iconic actor. I mean, like Jimmy Stewart. I mean, I think he played himself like you know 38 times or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you know, you've got you definitely have actors, you know, very much you know, like Keanu, you know, throughout history. I mean, like, who else? Uh, you know, Burt Reynolds. You know, yeah, he played one character in every movie he did. So I, I don't know. So uh, you know, sometimes you only got to play one, I guess. Right. <laughs> well, and also, you know, my my sister. Shout out to her. She also, you know, got to work with him. She worked on um, Matrix okay. Revelations. You know, as the, the wardrobe supervisor, and she, yeah, all the stories are true. He is just an absolute angel on set. Like, yeah, everybody loves him. You know, so. Like, you know, you I can report as somebody, you know, I, I know somebody who's been on set with him. So anyway, nice. the last one, you know, is, uh, you know, we always like to do someone, you know, you know, all through ancient history as well, not just, you know, modern history. So this one, you know, it's a fairly interesting one. And, you know, his identity could even be debated, but um, William Shakespeare. Yes, this is a uh, this is a hard gas for me. Uh, I've the I hated it at the time, but the high school I went to, you know, way a million years ago, way back in the day, uh, we've I've, like most of the curriculum was, especially for the English, you know, English class was all mostly Shakespeare. So uh, I've actually read quite a few, most of you know Shakespeare's like major, big name, you know, novels uh, or plays, uh, and they're you know, it's all incredible. He's got such a wide range of, uh, you know, plots and genres that he can sort of play within. Um, and just some of the, uh, some of just the wordsmith that he is and just, um, yeah, I would just, he's, he's just so interesting, so smart. Um, and similar, I think we talked about it last week with like Aaron Rodgers and just some of these other guys we've talked about smoking with like, anyone who's got a lot of knowledge to drop, like I'm trying to smoke with them and just soak it all up. So Shakespeare's definitely one of those dudes. Uh, and I, I feel like he's probably, he definitely liked to party and, you know, uh, uh, it's probably a good time. So yeah, that's a gas for me. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you, you know, you didn't live very long if you didn't drink a lot of beer back then because the water was yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, they were drinking probably mead back then or whatever, yeah, but yeah. Right. yeah. Well, the mead, the beer was for breakfast, mead was for later in the day. Maybe. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I definitely would want to guess with old, old Billy Shakespeare. <laughs> yes. I have Billy. a feeling that uh, I'd want to like uh, have a have a couple of pints and uh, maybe a jigger of this, a jigger of that, and and a couple of fat ones for sure. I think it would all go quite well. Um, yep. And you know, the thing is too is that uh, back then they would have they would have been able to because of the, all the Genoa connections. You know, that's where the hashish actually came into Europe. So I'm wondering, you know, to what extent, you know, he was uh, already privy to the pleasures. So ah, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe that's where a lot of his creative genius came from. Even huh? it could no, be, I you never know. He was plugged in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's like I, I find that uh, you know, there's a lot more weed in our history than we realize. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
the stoners have only recently started to write the history books. Yes, exactly. They, they're just now getting around <laughs> yeah, to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we're, we take our time, you know. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. What about you, time. Evan, for uh, William Shakespeare? <clears throat> so this one, like, I might surprise actually both of you. I, I, I'm going to pass on this one. I, I right. you know, I, I like William. I, I like a lot of his plays, but I have a feeling that like he and I are just not going to vibe. Like, like, you know, I, I just, I don't really like kind of, you know, vibe with a lot of that, you know, kind of what I feel like he would be kind of like a little hoity toity and kind of upper class. And I, you know, <laughs> And I'd be getting on his nerves and like, cursing too much, and <laughs> so I, I don't think he'd want to get high with me either. So, so I'm I'm gonna pass on Willie. So <laughs> that's totally fair. Hey, nothing. Uh, the one thing about you know smoking with people is know know what type of person you vibe with and what type of person you don't vibe with, uh, and that can save you from a lot of issues. Absolutely. I don't know, man. William Shakespeare, he might have been like the Adam Sandler, if I can, you know way back then you That's know true. actually you know it's like you know you, a lot of his stuff is pretty slapsticky so you know you actually you bring up an interesting point because there is you know uh you know a theory about his identity that he's not really like william shakespeare like somebody else wrote it and you know like it's an i think i would be if that's actually true i would be more interested in that guy the guy who's the hidden guy Created who didn't the, want his face on, like that guy would be interesting to me. So that guy, but the guy who, you know, like, and maybe that's, you know, part of it is just that, you know, image that we're given, you know, through school and everything like that. And, you know, you don't know. see him yeah, like puffy shoulders. And lifting skirts and you know, throwing exactly. back another whiskey. That was yeah. always my impression of William Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, I love it. So anyway, um, we're going to, you know, wrap it up here with, you know, what we're watching this weekend. And, um, you know, I have, you know, like I, I stopped watching it somewhere in the middle of season two, but it's, it's such a good series. You know, it, it all because of basketball and other things It just, you know, and so many dang shows that there are, it's there's tough. so many good shows. Like, Things just kind of slip through the you know cracks. I've gone back and started rewatching um, the boys, and you know I I started back at season one, so I've already binged that, and I'm ready to you know dig back into season two and finish it you know all the way through. And yeah, I've I've been enjoying it. It's you know it's great social commentary, you know, really funny, and you know, so that's that's what I've been back into. Nice into this week. <laughs> yeah, I've I I can't uh I can't co-sign the boys enough. Great show. Uh we talked about it last week. They just came out with a sequel called Gen V. I haven't gotten into that yet, but I have a few of my friends who were really so into the boys just started watching it and they all they all said it's it's right up there, you know, same quality as the boys. So I'm excited to get into that as well. But uh so I'm actually going to be watching. I started this last night. I didn't realize how many episodes there were, but uh, I'm checking out the new David Beckham documentary on Netflix. Uh, watched the first episode last night, and I, I'm not a huge soccer guy. Of, of course, I watched the World Cup, uh, both men's and women's, but that's really about it. I'm not super. I used to play like FIFA video games back in the day, 
And back then I used to know like more of the Premier League players and stuff like that. Uh, but now I'm pretty disconnected, but, you know, other than the World Cup. So uh, coming from the angle of someone who's not super into soccer, incredible. This this David Beckham documentary first episode was fucking incredible. Um, and I'm super excited to finish it. I think it's like three or four episodes. So uh, they basically just start from, you know, his childhood and go through his entire life, you know, sort of documentary. So going to be checking that out this weekend. And then I'm also uh, on Saturday, I'm, I'm fortunate enough. I got invited to go to the USC versus Utah football game. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be over at uh, the Coliseum, LA Coliseum, checking that out. Huge bummer that USC lost to Notre Dame last week. We already talked about it on last week's episode. Uh, would have been a much better game if they were undefeated going into this. But I believe uh, USC is number 18 in the country and Utah is number 14. So should still be a good matchup. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to check that out. But uh, what about you, Van? Anything on your – you got anything you're looking to check out? Uh, you know, I'm uh, looking at the, the fall. I'm actually uh, going to get ready for, you know, doing some road trips down into the Baja area in December and January. I like to to head down there. I actually like to see a Cortez coast just because it's a little bit mellower um, in terms of uh, the camping and that sort of thing, and do a bunch of beach fishing and you know kind of kind of get the back of the truck ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna build a new camper into the back of the truck over the next couple of months. So do you just drive from uh, Colorado? Yeah, just drive from Colorado. Um, takes you know like 17, 18 hours to get to Mexicali. And then, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, bounce down the coast until I get to usually La Paz. I don't usually get down to the tip and, uh, you know, either stay in Airbnbs or camp on the beach. Got a, you know, big, you know, like 14 by 18 canvas tent that I set up. Nice. So, yeah, nice. you know, I've got my little portable Traeger grill and my generator and, you know, eat Snapper every night. Nice. I'm actually in, I'm in Southern California and I've done a couple of road trips, not that far down. I've just gone to like, uh, Ensenada, Rosarito and Ensenada. Um, but multiple times and it's, you know, obviously being in Southern California, it's like an hour and a half drive for me to get down to the San Diego oh, yeah. border. So it's like, uh, super well, easy and yeah, definitely, uh, need to, need to get down there and plan. It yeah. Down. I usually go through Vegas, uh, you know, on my way too. So it's like 11 hours to Vegas and then seven hours to the border. And, uh, and then, you know, just two or three hours a day as you bounce down the coast. Nice. So, nice. Got my, my trusty Toyota Tundra. Hell yeah. Nice and peaceful. It is, yeah. man. It's a, it is a mellow, it's a mellow place to be. It's super, super cheap. And I mean, the fishing to me is just incredible. You set up a couple of beach, you know, surf poles and you're going to catch something, you know. Love it. Love it. So anyway, I think we're going to go ahead and, you know, wrap this up now. You know, Van, I really appreciate you for, you know, coming on and speaking with us. It's been great. You know, it's great to get your perspective and, you know, it's been great conversation, you know. So, oh yeah, dude, I had a blast, man. Smoking a little fuel biscuit here, a little Colorado <laughs> flavor we got. Nice. And, uh, fuel biscuit. Know, keep on keeping on. Yeah, man. Thank, great to meet you, man. Thanks for for coming on. Definitely going to be uh, following up with you after this, and uh, yeah, definitely we'll we'll have to get you back on after 
after both these uh, ring night and the the statue night. So we'll have to oh, see. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how that plays that, out. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna irritate each other here for a little bit because I don't see Joker Galen anywhere. So. Yep. I love it. Sure. I love uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Hey. I catch you guys later. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, in the meantime, I will, I will see you on the timeline, man. Right. I, I love you know your good good humor going back and forth, man. I appreciate. Well, it. you so, know, life's too mysterious to take it too goddamn serious. Always, Absolutely, man. That's what we love here, man. It's you know. All right. Not you too serious. Good. So. All right. You too, Stay man. Zooted, man. Well, cool, man. Take it easy, everybody. You know, love y'all. Peace and stay zooted.